This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's when the time. Hello, Ryan. Good afternoon, Rich. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another another presser. You're going to hear lots of my voice this month, aren't we? Because we've certainly got a packed schedule. A relentless schedule for all concerned, but we love it, don't we, really? First of all, Ryan, how was your birthday? It was mediocre, like probably <laughs> some of our recent performances. Um, yeah, COVID issues with people and family away and everything meant that in, in many ways, Rich, it was just another day. I still went and covered Crawley on Tuesday night. Bloody hell, that's commitment for you. Um, and then I will be celebrating this Tuesday properly, hopefully, when... Uh, my partner's out of isolation and, and we can go and actually celebrate turning 26. It's quite depressing saying that, I have to be honest. Wow, yes. Um, Ryan, dear boy, birthdays just become just another day. More and more as the years go by. Trust me on that one. But as a result of mediocre 26th birthdays, you were able to cover Swindon this week, weren't you? Yes, able to go to... Crawley on a Tuesday night. I have to be honest, Rich, 26 is a bit of a weird age for me because I suddenly realised this is when I should be in the peak of my footballing powers and I'm still mm. rubbish at football. So mm. I've, I've just given up entire hope on ever, on ever being able to kick a ball properly. What about what about journalistic powers, though? Oh, is this the peak? Powers, no, we don't peak until we're in our 40s. So essentially, I'm still <laughs> up and coming and, and I can still call myself young. 
there's only two instances I will now be referred to as young. One is a journalist, and two is if I was to die now. So anything oh else goodness. than that, and I'm not going to be called young. But I'm, 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 I'm happy. I'm content in life. What an introduction to the episode this has been. Um, proper bleak nearer to the end there. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll uplift everyone for the rest of the pod. Don't you worry. Well, yeah, but first we've got to talk about midweek, haven't we? Because it's not really discussed in this mm, presser. No. Usually there's there's a good bit of, you know, bulked out questions, um, final thoughts from from the game before, but very, very little. Um, it was an odd one, really. It It was, I think, the first game in a while where a very loud minority maybe seemed to lose their heads in the fan base and were really not happy it wasn't a great performance but was it the end of the world here i think a lot of fans that were losing their head and calling for garner's head to go really um, i hate to sound horrible to people but just need to take a bit of a look at themselves so ben garner's done i'm not i'm not part of the ben garner fan club by all means but he's done a very good job this season We've just come through a January transfer window where you've lost key, three key players, your top goal scorer and your right back who was arguably the best right back in, in the league at that time. Also lost a, a defender as well and and, uh, and a midfielder. Um, obviously, the midfielder, uh, didn't, Alex Gilbert didn't play as much as you'd like, but you still had a very disruptive window. You've then brought new players in and they need time to gel. At the same time, it wasn't the best performance, like you said. There were glimpses and there were chances, but I have to agree with Ben Gardner. The referee the other night absolutely ruined that match. First half, great. Second half, terrible. And um, Ben Gardner's reaction from from Tuesday night, you might have seen some follow-up quotes in different media outlets from him. Um, I'll just read you some of what he actually said. Um, He slammed the referee and he said, tonight we were trying to play... How many referees at uh, time did the referee pull us back after we restarted the game? It was all about him. And that pretty much summed it up. It was all about the referee and Swindon could never really get into the game in that second half. It is very odd because the referee performance up until our form dipped really was quite good. I don't think there was a foul given away in the first 13 minutes or so. It was very much free flowing. And obviously as a result of that, Swindon were playing very well. And then it did spiral. You know, I've said many a time on this podcast that I don't really pay attention to referees and I stand by that, but that was a particular stinker, I should say. Um, but I didn't do the the post-game pod for this one and I heard Terry talk very articulately and fairly about, like, there's a bigger picture at play here in relation to the standard of refereeing within within the EFL and it is very bizarre that we have essentially amateur officials in a very professional world I still don't think that's an excuse for Louis Reed getting sent off having not played the game it felt like the way all the subs and the assistants were around the referee at the end it felt like a release the hounds you know sort of moment so they could have a pop but he obviously overstepped the mark and now he's he's missing for two games as a result of it well reed was what reed did was ridiculous as the referee's performance so they kind of cancelled each other out in the end there and you know regardless of what the referee's been like reed going up to to referee and and whether he swore at him or not that's beside the point going up to referee when you've not played you've just come off the bench you the game's over 
I don't know what he was trying to achieve. He, he deserves a red card in, by all by all um, measures. I would have given him a red card if I was a referee. Yeah, yeah. And again, the argument that these guys' careers are at stake is fine, but we'd have players being sent off post-game week in, week out, multiple times. I love that stat that <laughs> our, three substitute, our three sendings off this year have all occurred for after the 97th minute. Yeah, that's that's crazy, isn't it? Clearly, Ben Garner, he, he loves the fact of how invested his players are in this season and, and in Swindon Town and how much they all want to do well and get promoted this year. That's great. But there's also a little bit of that that whereby they need to be reined in slightly. Um, I mean, of, of all the players, Harry McCurdy's really improved recently. I know he picked up a yellow card the other night, but he's improved. But there's this, you know, obviously we had the instance with Dion Conroy, now Louis Reed. There's a little bit of, okay, lads, yeah, let your emotions, vent your frustration, let your emotions run wild a bit, but there's a time and a place to rein it in. And uh, Reed made a mistake, he apologised for it, and we move on, he'll serve a two-game ban. Yes, he will. Okay, let's move on with the questions within the presser, but still lingering parts of the last game, because Josh Davison was the first question asked, and he obviously went off injured very early on at halftime. Um, during the game against Crawley. We all feared the worst and maybe that would be the last we'd see of him. But it's good news. It is good news for Josh Davison. He he went off, didn't he? He looked a bit uncomfortable. I think Swindon Sound, the rumours were that they were, they were expecting him to possibly be out for the rest of the season or at least be out for a lengthy period and have to go back to his parent club. It's good news on the scan. He's, he's been assessed today. He's got a chance to feature tomorrow. Um, I would be surprised if he starts, though. I have to say also, Josh Davison, he was a, it was a very strange appearance from himself. He clearly wanted to do well and he was he was running everywhere, chasing down every second ball. But I think almost that eagerness to score in his debut got to him a little bit because he had a brilliant chance in front of goal after McCurdy dummied Ryanese pass through one and one, just needed to shoot, took too many touches. And uh, I think he's a player that when he gets a goal, he's going to be a really good player of Swintown this season. But just needs a little bit of composure added in there. And also now Louis Barry is, is expected to be the strike partner to Harry McCurdy as well. In his two games so far for Davison, there's been a little element of headless chicking yeah. <laughs> around it. But I think it is that eagerness to try and score. And he should have scored in his, on his debut away at Colchester. And, you know, he got himself in good positions against Crawley, but alas, it wasn't to be. Somebody who wasn't in the squad due to probably the time they signed for Swindon was Joe Tomlinson. How's he doing? Joe Tomlinson's fitted in really well. Of course, he's this versatile defender that has arrived through the doors at Swindon Town. Ben Garner said he's confident. He's settling in with the team really well. He's been training positive and he has great ability. So Joe Tomlinson, another player, could possibly make his debut at the county ground this weekend. It's going to be really interesting to see where he fits in, though, because I you'll hear my audio to Ben Garner later on in this asking a bit about Rob Hunt. Now, Joe Tomlinson is traditionally a left-back. He's actually a right-footed left-back, but he can also play on the right-back, right right-wing-back position for Swindon Town as well. The unfortunate circumstances for him are that Ellis Iandolo, there we well go, we can have a cheer, has been performing Ooh. very well. And Rob Hunt has been performing very well on the other uh, fullback position as well. So we certainly got some competition to try and force his way into this team. 
Yeah, it would seem very harsh to lose either Iandolo and Hunt on recent form, but either that both of them can be just as frustrating as as they are when they're impressive. Um, for example, Iandolo going forward looks great, but a bit suspect defensively from time to time. And Hunt, I like Hunt. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of both, but I'm a, I'm a really big fan of Hunt. But he can have his moments too. Can't we all? Uh, but <laughs> Tomlinson comes in from championship level. Piece of a fans were surprised to see him go, even though he hasn't played much in the in the league. Um, I think they feel that you know he's someone good to have around the squad before. But he's back in the area. He is a local lad, so it's good to see him at Swindon, and hopefully he does really really well. But I do wonder whether Ellis is more at risk than mm. Rob Hunt at the moment. Yeah, I think if you were going to pick a player that Tomlinson would look to compete with, it would be uh, Ellis in that left wing back position. But saying that, we know how much Ben Garner likes uh, Ellis Iandolo. He's He's been a really key part of this Swindon Town team. Saying that, I sometimes wonder whether he's played too much or he's asked to do too much. Because if you look at the running statistics, Ellis Iandolo has to cover a hell of a lot of ground. Mm. Wyndon like to play the ball out wide. They like to use him in the final third. And then he also has to track back and defend. So what I would say is that, yes, Tomlinson will come into the team at some stage this season. He will start a game. I would imagine that it would be more for squad rotation purposes to start with, more than the fact that you know Garner wants to replace Iandolo or Hunt. Yeah. And then again, Rob Hunt, to me, is your out and out right back as opposed to a right wing back. So um, interesting. We'll see what they go with, because someone like Joe Tomlinson probably isn't going to sit on the bench for very long. But it's all about rotation. OK, we move on to injuries. So we'll say injuries and suspensions. So who is missing for the Exeter game? Well, of course, Louis Reed will be now banned for two games. It isn't a three match ban. It's actually a two game ban that he has to serve. So he will miss Exeter and Tranmere. Big, oh, big, big games that you don't want Louis God, Reed to miss. It makes his, his behavior after the match seem even more stupid. Uh, Matthew Bowdery has had a really good week on the back of a positive week's training with the team last week. So he was, he is now available for selection tomorrow. Swindon Town currently blessed with defenders. And also Jack Payne trained with the group for the first time yesterday. Still too early for him to feature tomorrow. Would imagine it's still too early for him to feature at Tranmere, although at least I'd imagine he's in the, in the matchday squad for that trip to Tranmere at the very least. Ah, that's a shame because I think, I think everybody's saying the same thing. We're missing Jack Payne and I think we are. Yes, I think we are as well. He, he fills that void, doesn't he? He doesn't, you know, Jack Payne won't come out and produce a 9 out of 10 performance every single week. He will do that on occasions. But he never really drops below a 7 out of 10 when he's on the pitch. And he fills that hole just in behind the strikers. He's always willing to take the ball on, always looking for that pass, getting his head up, not afraid to shoot. Johnny Williams has tried to fill that void, hasn't he? But I think Williams is um, kind of likes to run with the ball a lot more, likes to try and take players on his pains at times a little bit different. So Swindon and massively missed him. Hopefully he'll be back for Tuesday at Tranmere. On the back of that though, who knows? We, we could see a really good performance against Exeter tomorrow and, and it could keep him out of the team, albeit as well. Once he's fit, he's back in. He is back in. I was just trying to We are missing that attacking midfield option in the middle, aren't we? I mean, just that creative spark. And I think Payne does offer that more than anyone else in our squad. So once he's fit, I know you're just 
you're just mixing it up, putting it out know, there. And we don't want to risk. We don't want to risk him. Um, so he'll be out longer term. But boy, if he's not playing against Exeter, I wouldn't mind him playing against Tramier, please. Formation changes next. Then, so I guess the question is, what are those formation changes, and what did Garner have to say about it? Well, this question was posed to Ben Garner because Swindon Town, yes, they were chasing the match, but. At the end of the Crawley game, they were they were very much with four at the back, and a lot of players have been pushed further upfield. So it was just asked whether you know with the new signings he would look to change the formation possibly, um, and also after the run of recent form we've had, we've not we're not losing games, but we've not won games either. So there could be a formation change there. All he had to say and it was look, we can play both ways. We play four at the back at times. We can play with five at the back. The formation isn't the thing for Ben Garner. He's more about the principles, apparently, and, and how he likes to play the team. Uh, I don't really know how you can be about that and how you play if you don't care about the formation that much. It doesn't really make sense to me, I have to be honest, Rich. Um, but he said Swindon had the flexibility to do both, um, and then they have players who can play in different systems. So he says all that, but we'll still see five at the back at the weekend, don't you worry. <laughs> Garner was also asked about shot conversion. Yes. Um, what what was the reasoning for this? Was it is it just simply a case of being frustrated that we're not converting our chances? That is it. You've you've hit the nail on the head there, Rich. It's very much that Swindon Town are getting into these brilliant positions, aren't we now? But we're just struggling to find the back of the net. Harry McCurdy did brilliantly, scored seven goals in January. It's now at the start of February. He looked desperate to try and get on the score sheet the other day against Crawley. We'll be just as eager tomorrow against Exeter. Unless Harry McCurdy's scoring now that Tyree Simpson, you beg the question of where are the goals coming from in this team? Because, of course, you know, Gladwin got a, a lucky deflection the other night with his shot that rebounded off Jaden Mitchell Lawson and went in the back of the net. But it all seemed a little bit desperate in front of goal at times. And, and Garner was just very frustrated with the fact that build-up play is brilliant. We're getting into all these good positions. We just can't be clinical enough. We, we could have had, we had three opportunities easily the other night to score three goals. We didn't. Um, and he just said we need to stick to things that get into into these positions, fine tune other areas, and do better with the execution, which I think everyone will agree on. It felt like they just were taking one touch too many in midweek, weren't they? Almost looking for the perfect goal. You felt almost like okay, we have to, you know, kind of play our style of football right up until the moment that the ball's in the back of the net. Whereas let's be honest, this is League Two. No disrespect, but some of these goalkeepers, if you, you put a fierce shot into their hands, could they spill it and you get a rebound or even they just don't make it across goal in time or a cheeky deflection, as we saw with Garner's, uh, so with Gladwin's goal, sorry. Um, so, you know, it's it's one of those things. Swindon perhaps sometimes needs to be a little bit more braver and just actually, okay, let's just, let's just smash this and get the ball in the back of the net. The only way we were scoring against Crawley in midweek was for a wicked deflection and we got it and we got it wrong on the pod because... On the way back, I was told that JML had scored it, but it's quite clear. It's an own goal, really. I don't think that Gladwin effort's going on target, but I'd rather Gladwin have it than make it an own goal. But oh, it was it was so, such a relief because we didn't deserve to lose that game, although we weren't very good. Crawley were equally as a... No, they were worse. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, anyway, we move on to Exeter City, still managed by Matt Taylor, who must be closing on in about four years as their manager. What a start to the season they had. One loss in their first 17 games. Then they had a real rocky winter, not winning a game between, I think it was about oh, six games they didn't win. And now in 2022, they've, they've started getting some points back on the board with wins against Scunthorpe and at Walsall and recently a 0-0 draw at home to Hartlepool United. 
Links that you'll be familiar with will be, of course, Jonathan Grounds, who plays for Exeter, and also Pierce Sweeney, who <laughs> was a Swindon player for three weeks in the summer. What did Garner have to say about Exeter City? Well, Garner, he's never a manager that will, seems to criticise other managers, unless perhaps you're Jerry Barton. Um, he's always a, a manager that likes to kind of praise the approach of different teams. And for Exeter, it's very much the same. Exeter, I don't know how much you've seen of them this season, Rich, but they, they play a very similar style to Swindon. They have these three defenders at the back with pushing on fullbacks, three in the midfield or sometimes in a diamond, and then with two strikers up top. So they will be coming um, to the county ground at the weekend looking to play similar styles of football to Swindon in a, in a very similar formation as well. He was really looking forward to this match, Ben Garner. He said it'll be a tough test, a good game. Praised the efforts of Matt Taylor and how good job he's been doing and taking over there. Um, and he said they can certainly punish you on the counter-attack and, and Swindon have to need, need to have really good security on the ball, which at times we've not had good security, whether on the ball, um, sorry, behind the ball when we're out of position, or sometimes when, you know, the likes of Dion Conroy, to name one defender, are carrying the ball out the fence, sometimes like a little bit lackadaisical there. Um, ben Garner, simply put, wants this win and he feels that Swindon really, really need this win as well. And, and by, by God, they do. Yeah, they do. And I, it feels weird to say that. But we've just had three games where we've got a point in each against teams either in the middle of the pack, not looking like they're going to really trouble the playoffs or well down there. And we've not beat them. The thing that I guess I sort of take close is out of the three games before that against teams that are up there, we've won two out of those three. Of course, we lost against Mansfield, but we beat Port Vale and we beat Northampton. So maybe we just better against the better sides because they play and allow Swindon to do their thing other than, you know, and I know they're super offended when you say things like this, but Crawley Town didn't go to Swindon to win that game. No, Bristol Rovers, although better than Crawley, they really didn't kick on as much as I thought they they could have. Um, They were happy with the draw and I think Swindon were too. So I really am excited and I, I really love following the narrative of this. I was really looking forward to the Crawley game and it didn't go to plan. It doesn't mean that the Exeter game won't. So yeah, I'll, I'll be really intrigued to see how Swindon will get their rhythm back. Who are you starting for this one? So are you keeping with the 11 that finished the game against Crawley or do you think there's a place for Tomlinson on its way? I'd be very surprised if Tomlinson gets the start. Um, I know he's got that quality in there, but as I as I said earlier, Swindon they're playing well up until that final final ball that needs to be put in the back of the net by one of the strikers. Defensively, they're looking a bit suspect at times, but then Brad Cooper and Jacob Bryan had really good games on Tuesday. So you know, I'd be very surprised if if we see too many major changes. That being said, um, I'm running through my team lineup. It is very similar to what we finished with the other night, Rich. Um, Georgia Wallacott, Jacob Bryan, Dion Conroy, and Brandon Cooper. I have to give a little bit of a special mention to Cooper. I thought he was absolutely brilliant for Swindon Town the other evening. Um, it looks to be a really good sign. You can see why so many other clubs wanted him. Rob Hunt will keep his place. So will Ellis Iandolo. Jordan Lydon. Um, now, I know a lot of fans like Jordan Lydon and the efforts that he does. But sometimes I feel that maybe he's too similar a player to some of the other players that were looking to play in midfield as well. So I'm going to say that Jordan Lydon might drop out. Johnny Williams will come in. Ryan East will start. I thought he did well. And Ben Gladwin. And up top, Harry McCurdy. And, uh, of course, the 
highly, highly talented and highly regarded Louis Barry. Yeah, Barry had a couple of really good touches, but did struggle um, to really find his rhythm against Crawley. But I guess he wasn't expecting to come in so early and um, cannot wait to see him in full swing. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with you there. It's a tough one to call in terms of prediction of result, though. We need a win. We need a win, don't we? It's, it's one, do you know, Rich, it's one of those where if we don't get the win, given the form of the two teams and given that Exeter are chasing us in the table as well and they've got good players, I wouldn't sit here and say, Ugh, another draw yet again, Garner out or any of that malarkey. Um, it's going to be a very tough game. Swindon, though, hopefully I'll have enough. 2-0. That would be great. That would be great because it'd be a clean sheet too. I really don't know. I'm going to say 2-1 Swindon and I will be over the moon with that. Exeter, it's always great when the away team bring lots of fans. They're bringing 1,223, um, which is brilliant. And there'll be an atmosphere. I'm not too worried about the poorer attendance. 7,300 in League 2 against Crawley is is still really, really good going, but it is starting to dip. I I will put that down to Tuesday nights, I think, but it's still a few hundred less than the last lowest attendance that we had in in League 2 this year, and that was against Hartlepool, which I think was a night game, wasn't it? So, you know, night games do take tend to take a good few people out, but this time, you know, I, I didn't go to any of the games up until Stevenage at home. I went to a few away games and now I've been to every home game since Stevenage. And that Crawley game was the first time in any of the games where I heard real disdain from where I sit in the Don Rogers. And I know that was the same in the town end too. I'm not sure about the articles. Um, I had no one report back to me on that. Maybe you can enlighten me. But that was the first time I saw someone a few rows ahead of me absolutely abusing the empty seat in front of him throughout the game. Furious. Um, it reminds me of that uh, video of the QPR fan against Port Vale many, many moons ago. <laughs> but it was the first time this season where I, I heard, I guess, the the feel-good factor of the takeover and the season that's been doing is beginning to fade into the distance. And we are now in full. We have to be beating these teams at home mode, which is understandable. Absolutely understandable. But I would... Myself and some of the other journalists were talking the other night about kind of the attendance looking to dwindle. I think you, you, you said it perfectly, Richard. Tuesday night against Crawley, it will test people's ability to get to the game and and desire to get to the county ground on Tuesday night. Um, This will be a lot different this Saturday, I'm for sure. Mm. I don't know if you were there a couple of years, obviously, ago, Rich. Remember when that season where we won the league under Richie Wellington? Yeah, I was there. That was was some massive, massive cracking atmosphere. And hopefully we'll see that again this weekend. Fans at home, you can understand their frustration because our best performances aren't at home. And we don't win many games at home either, which is immensely frustrating. But for Swindon, look, this is a big game this weekend. This is really going to set the precedent for the rest of this month ahead. And as I put it to Ben Garner, this month ahead is probably Swindon's most important month ahead in terms of where we'll lie at the end of the season. So a great atmosphere, hopefully. I'm sure the county ground will be packed out. And I I have to be honest, I can't wait. I really can't wait for this game. Yeah, we've not lost any of our last four games, but there is just this feeling isn't there that we've seen this all before and I guess 
with some of the players that we have at this level. Oh, but here we are. Okay, Harry McCurdy, you mentioned him earlier um, regarding his yellow cards. He had a brilliant run where he hadn't received them. I think he even acknowledged it on Instagram. And then the very next game, he gets back into the book. But there's no suspension, is that right? No suspension for Harry McCurdy. He has to make sure he doesn't get another one this month. It's hard to say, isn't it, given the fact that we're only on the fourth. Um, but for Harry McCurdy, what it means is that he has done really well. He's done he, he's done very well in terms of not going up to referees and getting in their faces. The other night, it was apparently the fact that he threw his arms up in the air, which is why the referee gave him a yellow card, <laughs> is what Ben Garner told us. Ben Garner, I have to agree with him. It doesn't make sense, does it? Because you can surely... Ben, Harry McCurdy's a player that throws his arms up in the air all the time. We see lots of players do because they get frustrated doesn't necessarily mean you, you deserve a yellow card. But of course, look, referees at this level, some will give you a yellow card for that. Some some won't give you a yellow card for throwing someone down to the uh, ground in the penalty area. Um, it's really just one of those things you have to see you get on the day. We need to talk about Dion. He is definitely, well, shall we say that many fans aren't huge fans of Dion right now. A uh, few, few errors have created that. And he almost... He almost caused Swindon to fall behind before Crawley scored their penalty with some slack defending, didn't they? And Wallacott saved. So Garner was asked on the captaincy, which I can only imagine is because people are expecting Dion to find himself outside of the eleven at some point. I know his answer barely touched Dion Conroy, if at all, but that's the reason, isn't it? Now, with Dion Conroy, he's, of course, the club captain. He kind of had a very difficult season last season. This season, he started brilliantly, regained the captaincy. And for if you if you, if you appraised how, um, if you appraised Dion Conroy's season to this day, you'd say he's actually had quite a good season. Sometimes I feel that he's made the scapegoat. Of course, captains always are. And the fact that he's such a long-standing figure at a club and has upset some fans before is why I think he's often too targeted. Admittedly, he's not been his best period of form recently. He's made a few mistakes, like like he did the other night on Crawley, where he tried to carry the ball up to half line, halfway got dispossessed, and and all by all measures, Crawley should have put the ball in the back of the net. They didn't. But come on, this is this guy's been playing well. Swindon aren't losing games. If if we were getting beaten by everyone, if we were conceding lots of goals, and and like I said, not not picking up any points whatsoever, I'd say, okay, yeah, let's look to change things. But Swindon Swindon aren't playing badly. We just can't put a ball in the back of the net. So the hate for Dion Conroy is unwarranted, I feel. And he's just being made a scapegoat by many, many fans. And I think that's a bit of a shame to see. He could help himself. Yep. (laughs) I think in a few places. Um, But I, on the whole, do agree I just again, I just find myself thinking if these players were allowed to talk um, and were allowed to sort of interact with fans, then we wouldn't latch on. I don't know that that might be a bit too, too simplistic, but does does I agree on that point? There's very much um, under Ben Garner's. We get very little from the players, don't we? We don't hear from them in the in a couple of post match press conferences. It was the same on Tuesday night. We're now getting to a stage whereby. A lot of players are starting to head out the door and not wanting to do interviews as well. So we start that's starting to creep in as well. And like you said, if the players are allowed to speak, they're allowed to address points, they're allowed to speak to people. Actually, everyone then takes a step back and go, okay, yeah, I understand your point. Um, I get where you're coming from. That being said, we're playing in League Two, Rich. 
if you're really if you're a top 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 player, you don't play in in League Two that often. So the fact that we have defenders and we are in this league, you're going to have times where players make mistakes. You have players that make mistakes in the Premiership. Jesus, you know what I mean? It's it's part of the game. Players go through bad patches of form. I don't think Dion Cromwell is. I think he's just necessarily not playing at the levels that everyone knows he can play at times. But by all means, he's not been awful at all. And it will be interesting to see how Dion reacts in his next game because it was quite audible, the cheers, as um, Dion was substituted against Crawley. Not the loudest, you know, it wasn't universal, but it wasn't a stand innovation he was getting for all those uh, cheers of delight from from segments of the, the fan base. But, you know, that's that's something that Dion has to deal with, and I'm sure he will. Garner was asked about Town's recent form and how the players react after the last few games, which have all been draws. What was said? Well, on kind of the reactions of draws, it was a really good question that was put to Ben Garner. And at the start of the answer, because it was Johnny Layfield at the advertiser that asked him this, at the start of the question, he felt that he was going to turn around and maybe snap back a little bit. He then he then calmed down and he said, it's not a case of turning it around because the performances are still good, but there is some real frustration now in these players because they know from the past two games they should have picked up victories. We didn't, um, but it's something to build on. The way we're controlling the game is good to see. The way we're creating chances is good to see. Ben Garner loves to worry about stats and the fact that unexpected goals... Swindon should have won their last three got their last three games. Unfortunately, expected goals doesn't convert into actual goals. Um, he gave a little bit of a touch on the referee. He said, I don't want to whine on about this because he doesn't like to use it as an excuse. But this season, there have been instances with referee's decisions arguably costing Swindon Town between eight and ten points. And if you, if you think it is ten points, then Swindon Town are um, in, the, in second spot above Tranmere and looking comfortable for an automatic finish to the season. Yeah, but if that was the same across the division, we could be anywhere. So um, we're not the only team that are being impacted by by those decisions. So to just say, you know, it's, it's always a, it's a flawed argument, isn't it? Because there's no way Swindon are being impacted solely by poor referee. And I think every, look at Bristol Rovers when they played, they were singing, you know, that they always get rubbish referees. And we started that chant for the first time in the games that I've seen <laughs> recently, which I thought, oh, okay, it is what it is. But anyway, shall we uh, listen to your questions? Yes, let's go for it, Rich. A really crucial month in terms of the teams. Well, there's a lot of games, but also teams around you. have got Tranmere, Salford and Exeter tomorrow. How, how do you assess this month in terms of the importance of it come the final outcome at the end of the season? Because... You know, yeah. we, we beat those teams. The playoffs are looking a lot more likely to lose to those teams. Obviously, we don't want that. But then, you know, you, 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 the teams around you are then picking up points that you don't want. Yeah, I, I think every month is important. You've got to perform across the season to, to be there at the end. So, um, you know, this is the most important month because it's where we are now. We've done generally pretty well against the teams at the, at the top of the division. Um, you know, we've had wins against most of them. We obviously haven't played Exeter yet. Um, but there's there's points available there, and obviously if we do win, it means we're we're pulling away from them. So um, Tuesday night, Tranmere next game, it's an opportunity to close the gap on them. So they're fantastic games, the ones that we can go and attack and be positive with, and uh, and wins in those games, yeah, huge. And just a, a couple of players I want to focus on really is actually Louis Barry. Um, he came on the other day, kind of got some minutes under his belt. Where do you see him most being used? Because 
you know, looking at his track record, he can play as a striker and that that possibly even on the winger in that number ten position just behind the strike force. Yeah, for us, I think he'd be better up front, you know, down mm-hmm. the middle, and that, that's where we primarily see him. Um, if, if we're playing a front two, if we play a front three, very effective off the left, um, and, and can play as a ten. But for me, the the higher up the pitch you can get him, the more dangerous areas you can get him in, the more effective um, he will be. I put he grew in confidence during the game. Um, the way he's trained after the game has massively improved from how he trained in his first session because he's getting used to the group, his confidence is growing, etc. So, um, yeah, fantastic quality and, um, and a real potential to do well in his career and, and now with us. And finally, just with Rob Hunt, he's kind of gone under radar a bit, probably amongst some fans. He's actually been playing very, very well over the past few months since he's got this run in the team. The only slight concern is, is there enough cover there at, at right back in terms of players that can play that position, do you feel? Yeah, I think we we have within the squad. I mean, Rob has done very, very well. I think he's probably been our most consistent player over the last two, three months. He's uh, He's played in several positions as I say, fantastic professional and, um, and and is performing to a really high level. So really, really pleased with him. But uh, Joe Tomlinson can play on either side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he can play left wing back and right wing back. He's actually right footed uh, naturally, but you wouldn't tell that. Um, and we've got AK that can play there and we've got options to play attacking players there as well if we wanted to. And, um, and as we said, we've also got the opportunity to change shape when required. So we're always looking at uh, other options, but I certainly feel we've got that flexibility and manoeuvrability within the squad. Brilliant. Thank you, Ben. See you tomorrow. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. February is important. Busy, important. And were you happy with the response? It was very much a Bengana response, wasn't it? I hate to say that, Rich, but it, it was. There was no kind of, yes, this is the most important month of the season. Because I didn't expect him to come out and say, look, this is a season-defining month for us. I think it is. Um, if you if you look at kind of the the games coming up, five games left in February, three of those against teams that are going to be challenging um, for the playoffs. Exeter, sorry, six games left. I miscounted there. Sorry, um, I wasn't including tomorrow. Of course, there's six games left. Three of those are against playoff chasing teams. Exeter, of course, just behind us in the table. They'll leapfrog us if they beat us tomorrow. Salford. No one likes to see Salford get into the playoffs, but they're going to be around there if they carry on the way they are with the signs they made in January. And Tranmere, of course, currently second in the table as well. So for Swindon Town, they play big teams and then they play teams right down the bottom of the table as well and looking to starve off relegation. So a massive month. And Ben Garner's response, as you heard, he, he went with the line of every month is important. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, wow. Okay, yeah, right, pull the trigger. I'm finished here. Um, so <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't the most exciting response, but I get where he comes from as well. He's just trying to stay a little bit measured and a little bit balanced, and and making sure that people don't get too carried away because that's the last thing we want to happen. Whereby you get carried away, you don't achieve success, and then you got this massive deflation that could carry on for the rest of the season. Agreed. It is a big month in in terms of fixtures and how and home games as well. Home games as well. You've got yeah. We've got um. After this month's done, you know, we've not got many, many home games left. Um, we're away in a lot of fixtures. We're away in some fixtures whereby it's going almost home, away, home, away, home, away. 
So the form has to improve. Oh, but we, we talked, Louis Barry, we, we were wondering whether there'd be more centre-forward options um, presented to Swindon on deadline day or in the following days. Sam Boldock was mentioned. I'm mm-hmm. reliably told he's just joined Oxford. So <laughs> there's, there's a blow. <laughs> oh, well, never mind. Um, Louis Barry, exciting prospects. Okay, debut. We saw glimpses, but on the whole, struggled to get in. What did you want from Garner in relation to these Barry quotes? I just wanted to understand where he sees Barry best fitting into this team because I think if you speak to a lot of Swindon Town fans, he's arrived at the club. He's got this huge kind of um, CV of clubs he's actually been at already, which is very, very impressive. But a lot of fans probably look at him and say, okay, so where do you fit in? Are you there as a winger? Are you there as this playmaker just in behind the strikers? Are you there as a centre-forward? And as you heard Ben Garner said, he sees Louis Barry being used up front, straight down the middle, in a front two. And of course, that front two will will be Harry McCurdy. Josh Davison perhaps won't like that answer, but that is where Garner sees him. And that's why I've said that it'll be Barry and McCurdy both playing as strikers tomorrow against Exeter. It raises the question, however, of are they two similar players to play together? Mm-hmm. Well, we will soon find out. And your final question was about right-back cover. Of course, we do have plenty of right-backs on site. So it doesn't look like that we'll see a Mandela Egbo, for example. Mm. No, it doesn't. And I, I just wanted to cover it because you speak about we having a lot of right-backs on site. But when you actually get down to the nitty-gritty of it, are there many right-backs that are out-and-out right-backs and would slot into the team straight away, whereby you're not having to make adjustments. I don't poss- I don't really know. We spoke about the fact that we still got six games left this season. That's a lot of games. Sorry, left this month. That's a lot of games for Rob Hunt to be asked to play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, where he is being asked to get up the pitch a lot more. I saw against Crawley, he, he seemed to be popping up in the box a lot more, seemed a lot more attacking. Um, of course, we, we bang on revealed that Joe Tomlinson can play on that side. Akin Odomeo can play on that side as well. But again, should an injury happen to Rob Hunt, let's all touch a piece of wood and hope it doesn't happen, then the players that will fill in his position aren't necessarily, that's their natural position to play in, if that makes sense. In your opinion, right back aside, do you, do you still think there are places that we should be strengthening? Or do you think generally, as long as everyone stays fit, we're all right? Um, Good question, Rich. Um. I would say right back is an area. I was surprised they didn't look to bring someone in after Kane Kessler Hayden went. I know they brought in Tomlinson, but traditionally he's a left sided player. Um, so I was quite surprised that we didn't look to bring someone in, in in that position. Of course, you spoke about some of the players that we were linked to. And then up front, it was all very last minute, wasn't it, with Tyree Simpson? There was no plans in there to bring a new striker in or to have, have Simpson leave and go back to Ipswich and, and have to say very poorly treated there. Um, so, yes, we do need strengthening. But if this squad can stay fit, you speak about some of the players that we've got in the teams. You know, Jack Payne, Johnny Williams, Harry McCurdy, Louis Barry. OK, we've not maybe seen lots of him yet. Um, Brandon Cooper, you know, Tomlinson, Ellis Iandolo, Louis Reed. We've got players there that should easily be walking into the playoffs if they can stay fit. Well, here's hoping, eh? Here's hoping. And, Hope isn't a strategy, yeah. unfortunately, though, eh, Rich? Oh, man, what are you doing to me? Okay, <laughs> well, I think, that'll, <laughs> I think that'll do. Here's hoping that Swindon can uh, get three points this weekend. Otherwise, 
Well, we'll talk about it on Sunday, and I will be talking to you on Monday ahead of Tramier. Thank you very much, Rich. Can't wait for it, as always. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast, and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.